Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by Jackie O. Jazzhands. She writes a great, funny podcast about real topics we all struggle with. Kim gives great advice and support to people to live their best life. Ah, that just fills my heart. Thank you so much for taking the time to write me that five-star review. And for those of you who have yet to leave that five-star review, all you have to do is go on to iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and do the same thing and I will read it on the air. So thank you so much Jackie O Jazz Hands. It fills me up when I get read those reviews from the heart. Enjoy the podcast. All right magic makers another great show today coming your way. Today I'm diving into something pretty deep and it's about how do we break the food rules and Let's be honest, right? You know, everyone listening here, we are over 40 and we probably have had those rules that, and I'll go through a lot of the rules I I asked on my social media, you know, what are some of the rules that you followed in the past? And it was just very interesting, the the rules that I heard, you know, some of them I've heard, I've even followed myself. Some rules I was like, wow, I never even knew that was a rule. So, you know, let's, let's dive in here, you know, Y'all, we all admit that, you know, when our bodies turn 40, many of us feel like it just gave us the finger, but we fail to admit that our nutritional and our workout needs have evolved. We keep clinging to these outdated food rules that are doing us way more harm than they're doing good. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time we let go of those restrictive foods and workout beliefs and started to create what I call a reality-based diet that not only nourishes our body, but also supports your overall health and sanity. You know, no one wants to like flip through a yellow pages of, oh my God, did I just date myself with the yellow pages? No one wants to flip through book after book trying to figure out what I should or should not um, do. So These are not in any particular order. It just, you know, as they kind of popped into my inbox of what people were sharing with me. But one of the biggest ones I know I've seen regularly is waiting until a certain time to eat. Now I get it. For some people, intermittent fasting works. However, if you are hungry, eat. You know, I see so many people pushing, try to push the limits of their food and it just, why, right? Why? Like there's no food police out there that is going to be like, hey, Sheila, I know you said you gone fast till noon and girlfriend, you ate at nine. Who the hell do you think you are? We're going to give you one demerit. It's just not going to happen. It's th- that's not the way to do it. So instead of that, when I wait for a specific time, that could lead to overeating later in the day. So one of the biggest 
uh, things that I do with intermittent fast for my clients is use it as a way to teach them how to put space into their meals, right? Um, and we'll talk about this later in the podcast. I was one of those people. I had to eat five meals a day, regardless of if I was hungry or not. I ate at a specific time. I ate by a clock. But here is where I had to learn how to truly understand, was I hungry? And I'll admit, some mornings I wake up and I'm not hungry. Great. Some mornings I wake up and I'm like, where's the food? So you have to decide how that's going to work out for you so we can start to trust our body again and know what it needs and give it to, give it what it needs at a particular time. Second one is not eating after a certain time. I've heard this so many times, you know, not eating after 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whatever it is. But here's the thing. You're, there's no clock in your stomach. I wish there was a clock in your stomach because it would be make it make it so much easier. Hey, magic makers, are you ready to lose that belly fat and finally reclaim your health? Well, I have something that you might like. I call it the Belly Fat Code. It is my game-changing program designed for women like you who are done with dieting and ready to live a life without worrying about the good food, bad food list. Imagine a life where you feel absolutely in control of your body and your food choices without the constant pressure to diet. You are no longer on that struggle bus. You're saying hello to a less frustrated, happier, healthier life minus the belly fat. So if you are nodding along right now, I got you. The belly fat code is for you if you are done chasing a diet. If you are ready to change your health and banish that belly fat for good, the belly fat code is tailor-made for women just like you who are ready to transform their lives and wave, wave goodbye to that stubborn belly fat once and for all. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you deserve to live your life to the fullest without diet restrictions and overtraining holding you back. It's time to stop being a Debbie dieter and finally start to get your confidence back so you're no longer second guessing every little thing you put in your mouth. Or if you're someone who knows what to do, but your body hasn't changed in years, I found your solution. Don't wait any longer, ladies. Hop on this opportunity to hop on the belly fat code Waitlist, it's coming later this year. You will say hello to a new life where you feel in charge and belly fat is a distant memory. So what are you waiting for? Let's do this together. The waitlist link is up in the show notes. Do me a favor, click on it, and you will be the first person to know when I start to open the doors for the belly fat code. Have a fabulous day. Think about all those people. I have clients who work with the overnight shift. They're not going into work until like four, four o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and they're working 12 hour shifts. So why would I say I can't eat after seven? You know, it rules out a whole class of workers. But instead of saying I can't eat after six o'clock, seven o'clock, Whatever your last meal is of the night, that's it. Close the kitchen. That's it. No more food. No more like, you know, coming in and getting some chips here or some snacks there. Just close that damn kitchen. And the same thing applies if I was doing intermittent fasting. You know, I know many people are like, okay, um, stop eating after six so that you can have an 18 hour window, whatever. Your last meal is your last meal. You know, so on Monday and Tuesdays, I don't get home until like 830 at night. So if my last meal was supposed to be seven, I would be starving. You know, I'm teaching a class. There's no way I can have a meal. And the same thing happened to my client, Jenny. She was like, oh, Kim, I'm, I'm dying because I'm, you know, she was teaching like from four to 7 p.m. And she was like, I can't eat after six. And I was like, who told you that? And she's like, well, that's what intermittent fasting was on. No, 
it's focus on the hours. So if your last meal is at 9 p.m., give yourself 12 hours from that last meal that you ate. So let's just stop gutting it out and really focus in on our bodies. And that's kind of the key message I want us all to walk away with. How do I start to cue in on what my body is telling me versus some damn rule that some arbitrary person who has no idea about my background, my hunger level, my physiology, my personal preferences um, ever feel? Chewing gum or drinking coffee to stave off hunger. I have, I could have bought stock in Wrigley's. Like how many pieces of Orbis did I shove in my mouth? or cups of tea that I drank so that I wouldn't eat um, during that four o'clock stretch. It always seemed to be the way the hunger horrors came into, into play. The focus here is that it doesn't truly satisfy our body's needs. And it will, it just literally just delayed when I eat, delayed my binge from the time that I wanted to eat. So here's where I go back to my clients when they say that they, you know, they want to do this. We, I want to look at our meals. Can we increase the amount of protein in our meals? Can we increase the amount of fibrous vegetables in our meal? Because just those two simple tweaks will give you that 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 runway, that space between uh, your your meals, and give you that more sustained energy throughout uh, throughout the day. Um, feeling the need to earn food with exercise, oh. Back in the day, I had this this client, Jill, and she was convinced that she was burning off her her treats with exercise. And regularly, she would uh, I'd see her at the gym and she'd be like, oh, I had a big night last night. I got to spend at least an hour on the step mill to get it off. Oh, we need to stop using exercise as punishment and instead learn how to fuel our body. The one thing I do know is that, you know, uh, energy, right? Energy needs to be used. And so if I overuse that energy, my body's going to crave more. And so I see when people use exercise to burn things off, it it just, that's just not how it works. Like I, I wish if it did, I will share that with you, but that's just not how it works, right? Sometimes exercise can actually make you hungrier and cause you to compensate by eating more food because you're exercising. You know, one of my clients, Mary, she was an over-exerciser and she'd be like, Kim, I just can't stop the cravings. And I was like, all right, tell me about your day. She was doing a boot camp in the morning and then going back and doing a 45-minute spin class and lifting and she was eating 1,200 calories. And her body was just like, ravenous because she was taking so much energy out of her body and not actually putting more energy into our body. So shifting the focus for your your workouts to support your overall health versus punishing yourself because you overindulged either last night or the night before. Um which co- flows into you know I must follow the good food bad food list. Well, I'm going to say this. Stop looking for that damn list. You know, when I first start working with clients, you know, some of them now they've, you know, now that I've been in the, the business for a while, the clients will ask me like, oh, Kim, what's, where's the good food, bad food list? And I was like, yeah, we don't, I don't do that. Like, we don't do that. You know, for, for every person, food reacts differently. And when I look at good food, bad food, I look at it as, does it satisfy you? Does it leave you satiated or does it leave you having cravings? That's good food, bad food. And that isn't something that could be on a list. That is 
personalized. You know, for me, I can't have eggs in the morning. If I have eggs in the morning, I am hungry all day long. Like I'm just like, what's next? Same thing with bananas. Like no one's ever bananas are never going to be on a bad food list, but they make me crave if I have them to if I have them by themselves. So you're picking up what I'm putting down. Like I know this isn't sexy, but instead of looking for you know me track you know the, the key here instead of looking for the good food bad food list, the key here is track your food to see how you feel when you eat it. Right. So are you hungry? You know meals should last you about two to three hours. How's your energy? Do you feel like you need a nap after you eat? Or do you feel like, woo, let's go? Um, cravings, right? You know, does that food kick off your craving? Do you feel, you know, are you looking for salts, chocolates? Like, what is it? So that way we can start to craft a plan that is the you plan versus, you know, ABC diet. Avoiding foods because it has a certain calorie or you've put a, a, a stigma to them, um, calories are part of the nutritional puzzle, right? All foods fit. It's just a matter of planning it into your day, you know, and let's be honest at this age, a lot of us don't have that spontaneity, that spontaneous lifestyle. You know, um, we know that if there's going to be a party on Saturday, we know that there's going to be a night out with clients or you're traveling, what have you. So during the day, before you go to those types of events, you're, pro- you're focusing on having protein and vegetables throughout the day, protein and veg, protein and veg. So that when you get to that, that, that meal, you can have the fun, the fun food. You can have the glass of wine. You can have the dessert, and enjoy within reason. You know, it's not this go to this these events and like lose your damn mind. It's like enjoy your meal, but with within reason. You know, you're not like um, on death row, and that's the last meal that you have. It's like, hey, I'm I am allowed to have a fun meal. You know, um, we'll talk about this later as we go. But I'm a big fan of eighty twenty. You know, if I deny, 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 I'm going to explode. And when I explode, I'm probably going to put in more calories than I would have ever done if I gave myself these like small. I'm going to call them like steam valves, right? You know, like sometimes you just need to like let the steam out, let the energy out, and then you can be be in a better place. Um, eating because you feel like you deserve it and having food as a reward. You are not a dog, right? You're not being rewarded because you sat on the curb instead of running out to the street. And I see so many people fall into this, this gap, you know, um, I just said earlier, you know, you went out and now you have to burn it off at the gym. Uh, you ate, you know, uh, at uh, Halloween time. It makes me so nutso that I see um, you had a Reese's peanut butter cup and you have to do 400 burpees. You had a Snickers bar do this. It makes me so crazy. It, 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 it see, I'm, I'm like, are like clumps here. You know, so many fall into this trap of making a healthy choice, you know, so it's like I'm either being on the wagon or I'm being off the wagon. But instead of saying you deserve it, give yourself some grace, give yourself treats, you know, at least 80% of the time you are eating healthy, wholesome foods. 20% of the time you are having in those fun foods, it's the chocolate, it's the wine, it's the whatever brings you joy 20% of the time. Because if I diet hardcore all the time, it just, I'm asking, I'm asking to go on an epic binge, um, which leads into having absolutes, like always, never, must have, right? 
here is all about being flexible in your approach. And I've done multiple episodes about being flexible with your dieting. Life's too short to deprive yourself of food you enjoy. And, you know, the moment, you know, someone, this is one of the reasons why I don't hand out meal plans, because someone hands you a meal plan immediately, anything that's not on that list, I'm like, I want it. Even if I don't, I haven't had it in years, I want it because you told me I can't. So here's where working with like a coach is about how do you find that balance so that it works for you? How do you find your reality? You know, how do we come up with, you know, what I call for your food non-negotiables? And this could be healthy food. This could be unhealthy food so that you are not feeling like you are deprived. Um, When I was competing, one of my big things was I like coffee with cream and sugar. That, like it brings me joy. And if I were, even if it brought me down to one, and I usually have about two cups a day, but if you brought me down to one cup a day, I still would feel, excuse me, I still would feel like a little, a little satisfied, right? I would still feel satisfied. And, but if you took away all of my coffee, took away the cream, took away the sugar, I would feel deprived. And when you feel deprived, you are just constantly banging your head up against that deprivation wall. Same thing, you know, I had a client, she liked those little lint chocolates. She ate a lot of them, but we scaled it back so that she never felt like she was deprived. So instead of having 10 a day, we scaled it back to having like three a day. And she still felt like she got that little treat, but it wasn't a million of these little lit chocolate ones. So ask yourself, you know, like, what are the things that you're willing to give up that you're like, eh, if I don't ever have that again, I'm good. And what are the things that you're like, yeah, no, this is, this is me. Like I, I, this, this food like brings me joy, which leads into vilifying food. You know, I see you and I'm sure you see it too, all over the interwebs, no seed oils, uh, go vegan. Um, no uh, seed oils, no go vegan, avoid uh, lechtins, like all of these things. And so we start like, you know, demonizing food. Instead of demonizing food, what if we looked at portion control and moderation? What if we looked at balances versus extremes? Because again, when you say no, it makes you want things. And for a lot of a lot of us, some of the things that they're, I'm going to use demonizing are things It's like, can I look at what my portion control is? Um, and am I even having them in my my diet? Or is it like a little bit? And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, for me, diet soda. I have a client, Lisa. She likes to have a diet soda with lunch. Is diet soda like the ultimate in health? No. But if diet soda keeps her from losing her shit later in the day, you have your diet Coke. Is she having cases and cases of Diet Coke? No, she's having one a day and it keeps her from going off the going off the rails later in the day in joy. So the more we demonize these foods, the more you're going to want them. And if it is a, a preemptive strike for you to have something that is on this demonized food, rock on with your bad self, you know, carbs and so forth. Like ladies over 40, you need the carbs for your energy. Your carbs are going to help you convert your hormones. And so for all, all of you who are like, I'm having such hormonal problems, I can't lose the weight. I'm going to ask you how many carbs you're eating. And I'm not asking you to like, when I say carbs, I'm not saying you're filling up on uh, breads and pastas and so forth. I'm saying you're having beets, butternut squash, pumpkin, you know, oatmeal, those are the things that, you know, with portion control, they're the ones that are going to help you actually lose that weight. 
um, which turns into making meaning out of how you're eating and then spiraling. So I got, I had one huge meal and I am the devil. I was so bad last night. And, you know, I hear that a lot when clients check in like, oh my God, I was so bad, but I'm back on track. I was so bad. And it's like, so when you say that to me, I am picturing like the apocalypse. Like you went to the old country buffet, they kicked you out. Your faces on the, you know, your pictures up on the wall. Do not let this person in ever again. You borrowed a friend's pregnancy pants and you're pulled up and you're like, it's going down. You were like eating with a fork out of the buffet line, right? That's what I'm expecting. But for many of you, it could have been like you had like, you ate the whole dessert. Like, so say uh, we all know what the Cheesecake Factory is like. So say you went to the Cheesecake Factory. You know how they have that cake that's like the size of your head. Oh, it's such a bad weekend. And then, you know, I'm picturing Old Country Buffet. But in fact, you just basically had the Cheesecake Factory like cake that was the size of your head. All right. So we did that. Is the is it what is it the key to, to weight loss? No. Is it the key to the death penalty? No. You know, so here's where I always ask ourselves, rewind. You know, what was that about? Like have you always was it your birthday? Then great, rock on with your bad self. Was it your kid's birthday? Great, rock with your bad self. Did you have a bad day? And you just feel like I need the food, right? Let's do a little what I call CSI. Like you went off the rails. What was going on? right? What was going on? And the more I can ask myself those questions without emotion, I'm able to say, you know what? The next time I go to the Cheesecake Factory, instead of having the whole cake the size of my head, I'm going to split it with the person I'm with or cut it in half, cut it in thirds, cut it in fourths, whatever, and bring some of it home or leave it there, right? So it's like, when these things happen, and they're going to happen, like, you know, the more you try to white knuckle your way through this, the more you're going to be frustrated and disappointed. But if I say to myself, oh, that happened, huh, what's going on with me? What's 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 happening? Right? Get introspective. Or that's when, you know, coaches like can help you with those introspective questions, because you're never going to not have cake. You're never not going to have an old overindulgent night. You're never not going to have that extra one or two glass of wine. That's gonna happen. It's just a matter of like how you feel about it after and how often those things happen. That's where we start to have conversations because yeah, having a glass of wine, cool, great. Was it good? I'm a Sauvignon Blanc kind of girl. Which one are you? But do I have it every night? No. So really start to think about, you know, when these things happen and does it cause you to spiral? You know, does, you know, a Friday night turn into a Saturday night, turn into a Sunday night, turn into, oh, I'll see you next month. You know, or you're like, all right, I had a night on Friday and I'm right back at it, at it on uh, Saturday. I must meet my macro goals, my calorie goals, like balance to the penny. Hitting your numbers are helpful, but not at the risk of your sanity. And, you know, I've had several clients that I've done macros with. And I remember she, um, this one client with a relatively baby coach, she was an accountant. So this should have been a red flag for me. She always had to hit her macros to the penny. And that even if that meant she was having like an eighth of a tablespoon or eighth of a teaspoon of peanut butter to hit her fat, or she was like weighing like, you know, like one or two grams of rice to like balance out her starches. 
you know, if you're getting to that part, that part of it, it's time to pull back. It's time to like, you know, I'm going to grab you by the ponytail and be like, sister girl, be like pump the brake, chill the bleep out. Yes. The goal is that, but focus it on the small adjustments because those small adjustments can lead to lasting, sustainable changes. And all of this requires us to have patience and grace with ourselves. Like I know everyone here listening to me, you are A++ with the side of A++ and you just want to go. Like you just want to like get in the game and just run and just get all the prizes, get all the points. I feel you. And you're, you're going to have to humble yourself. Like you're not going to nail it. Ooh. I said it out loud. You are not going to nail it all the time. And trust me, your ego is just going to feel so beat up because in your mind, you know, you decided this is what I'm going to do. And you're like, why am I not freaking amazing at it right now? And it's okay. It's okay. Chill, my love. Chill, chill, chill. It is going to happen. Um, Always seeking, I'm going to air quote, the right diet right? (laughs) Diet culture has taught us that we have to follow a diet with a name. You know, think about back in the, you know, late 80s forward, there was the cabbage soup diet, the special K diet, the zone diet, the Atkins diet, the blah diet, the blah diet, the, you know, new famous person diet, the booty diet, the abs diet, like there was a diet for everything. But what if we started to eat for our reality? Right. Every diet out there told us these are the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you are going to die. Well, we never died. We just lost the weight, got sick of eating the way that diet told us to eat, and we put the weight back on. But if we started to learn how to eat for our reality, we started to learn what foods felt like made us feel satisfied, what foods made us feel satiated, what foods made us feel crave, so that we no longer have these strict rules telling us how to eat. That we don't freak out when you go to a social event. You're not scouring the menu like it's there's going to be a fucking test for you later, right? You go out and you just enjoy the night without guilt and shame, which feeds into believing that, you know, the diet you follow must have a name. You know, think about back in the day, everyone would tell you like, ah, oh, I'm doing Atkins, Whole30, Keto, this, this, this. Everyone always be like, you know, wear their their name with like they're getting a jacket for recruiting as many people as possible. But here's the thing, right? If I, if that diet worked, why do I have to go back to it? You know, one of my, one of the things I always mention is like Whole30, right? I always feel that people start Whole30 in January and great, but on February 1st, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I just do it once once a year and I just feel great. But what is it that does that you don't aren't able to keep, excuse me, whole 30 going throughout the entire entire year? And I'd love to hear the answer to that because I ask that question all the time and I, I haven't heard an answer yet for, for that. Um this one right here was my detriment to me packing on the pounds when I hit menopause. Um Eating five to six meals a day to stoke your metabolism. Now, I that comes from the bodybuilding world. I believe that one hook, line, and sinker. But here's the thing: there's no science, right? I like I believe in science. You believe in science, but there's no science to show you that meal frequency impacts our our 
metabolism. So the focus here is, can we focus in on getting quality meals? You know, eating when you're hungry versus, you know, I used to eat at seven o'clock every single day. Then like I would be eating at like 10, 1030. Then I would be eating at like one. Like it was just like, I was Pavlov's dog. Like I just, my my body got trained to eating at those in- intervals, but there was no, there was no real four, five to six. There's no science behind that. Um, but I found that for me, I'm a three to four day a meal person now. And it's based on like how I feel, how hungry I am. Like some days when I do like a good heavy lift, I'm a, I'm a four meal kind of girl. Other days I'm like three meals is just, does me just fine. Other days, two meals do me just fine. Right. So it just depends on what's going on with me versus just trying to meet some arbitrary number that has um, gone on there. So how do you stop following these like outdated rules and make peace with food? That's the big thing. Making peace with food, making peace with your body, it starts with self-compassion, right? And a shift in our mindset that it's possible for me to trust my body, trust that I can do moderation, trust that I'm not going to always lose my shit when it comes to food. So the first place we start is tuning into our body's hunger or fullness cues, right? Eat what you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied. Seeing if we can get as much nutrient-dense food into our body. So that means we're eating quality fruits and vegetables, getting in the protein, getting in that fiber from food, not from some freaking gummy or supplement. Green vegetables, good fats. You know, us ladies over 40, we need the good fats to help us, you know, uh, metabolize those hormones because they're running the show right now. They're getting buck wild and we need to be like, let's wrestle you, wrestle you as much as we possibly can. Create preemptive treats, right? These are foods that help us from losing our shit. These are foods like protein bars. They could be having that glass of occasional glass of wine, um, having, you know, creamy dressing, putting olives into your salad, things that make just give you that like extra satisfaction factor and practicing mindful eating, you know, savoring our food, being present when we eat versus watching TV, scrolling on my phone, you know, and it's fine to have conversations with your family during dinner, you know, during dinner. You don't have to be like the the quiet monk there. Um, and ultimately, right, seeking co- guidance from a coach who can help you to create a personalized eating plan that aligns with your goal. Like this is this is what you I want you to know. You have the power to break free from these outdated food rules. Create a diet based on your reality that supports your well-being and your sanity. And it's time to truly make peace with food. You know, let's let's see. The average woman lives until about eh, 80-ish years old. So let's just say 90. I'm gonna throw let's just say not you live till 90. If you're 40 years old, are you spending the next 50 years stressing about food? Is that how you want to spend your last 50 years? No, sorry, no. That is not how you want to do it. So let's unleash your true potential and start to start figuring out how foods work for us. And if that's something you want to further explore, do me a favor, raise your hand. I would love to help and support you on that. And so thank you so much for tuning in today's Fit Girl Magic podcast. And if there's anybody who needs to hear this message, feel free to share this episode with them. 
All right, magic makers, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you.